A small collection of stories. Stories is you. It's a potpourri of stories. Story from the from the heart. Peace, everybody. This is Marco Adamovich, a.k.a. Vic Adamo, and we're back with another Heart House Hip Hop Education Takeover of Stories from the Heart. We're coming to you live from Dish with One Spoon territory in Toronto, and we're grateful for the opportunity to live, work, and build here. Working with our campus partners and community hip-hop practitioners, Heart House Hip Hop Education supports values of representation, collaboration, and social justice as we explore the key principles of hip-hop and its importance in our everyday culture. Google Heart House Hip Hop Education to learn more. Okay, today's episode is a special one and the first of a three-part series. Rarely do we get the chance to connect, let alone build and intersect on so many levels with a guest, but Marcus Singleton, aka Ayamas Murad, is just that type of dude. He's an MC, scholar, activist, and change maker who's dedicated his life to empowering and uplifting others, whether through music, the academy, or the community. We chatted about his start with music and hip-hop, the tape that changed his life, his personal journey growing up in Chicago, and how he defines hip-hop. We've been very blessed to have him join our hip-hop education crew as our inaugural community connector, and I just don't think I have the words to fully describe him, so I'll let episode one give you the proper intro. Without further ado, let's get into it. My conversation with Marcus Singleton, aka Ayamas Murad. One of the things that obviously connects us is, you know, is music. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'm always like, I always love to learn about how people got into music, you know? And so like where your journey began. So, you know, from the beginning, man, like take, take, take me back to the origin story of, of you know, your, your musical journey. Yeah, for me, it started with like, first it started with me being like a B-boy. Cause like, you know, like, beat breaking was out during that time and um I just I don't know man I just fell in love with like just that part of hip-hop you know what I mean and obviously like the rapping but the, my first entry into doing music was like trying to be a b-boy like break dancing you know what I'm saying and then when I went to go see B Street I'll never forget like we I spent my money to get on the public transportation to get to the theater, but I didn't have money to get in. So I, we snuck in to see B Street and it blew my mind, the stuff that they were doing. Cause you know, like breaking, no disc to breaking, but breaking was kind of basic. You know, it wasn't really like doing the intricate stuff that they were doing in B Street. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, it just blew my mind. And we was trying to learn how to do it. And we I just couldn't get it. Like my friends was getting it. I was like, I just couldn't get it. So then I went from that to doing, trying to do, uh, I knew I couldn't do graffiti cause I can't even draw a straight line. So I was like, yeah, that's out. It said, and then I couldn't afford like DJ equipment. So the next best thing was like rhyming but that didn't come until later. Like when I got older and I started thinking about like my, my well, I started thinking about like writing when a friend of mine, he he got murdered. Um, he was a little bit older than us. He got murdered. I remember being frustrated and wanting to like retaliate, but not in like the physical sense. Cause I wasn't built like that. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, so I just remember writing about it. 
you know so that was like my first introduction to like writing and then I went away to school and then I met a guy named Tuffy he was from Baltimore and he the one who taught me how to write my first rhyme like he like took me step by step like how this is how you write a rhyme think of a concept you write a rhyme and I was like man I was just blown away by that and then when I came back home I was just thinking of my, about my identity like who I was like as a black man, who am I? Like, where am I from? And I remember walking to my cousin's house and it was like during the summer, I think, or coming out of like, coming out of summer, going into the fall, but it was still like warm. And I remember he had all the windows open in the house and the door open except for the screen door where you could hear the music just blast. So I heard the music as I was walking around the corner, I could hear it. And I was like, man, where that music coming from? And so as I got closer to it, was coming out of my cousin's house and he was playing Jungle Brothers. It's straight mm. out the jungle. And that's what I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like that's when I heard that album and when I heard like straight out the jungle and it was like educated man from the motherland. You see, they call me a star, but that's not what I am. I'm an urban brother, a true blue brother. Yeah, I was like, yo, what is this? Like it just blew my mind. And then when I heard Q-Tip on Black is Black, when I heard Q-Tip, that's when I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to rhyme. I want to rhyme like him. And so that's that's that was my introduction to to music. And and, and I, I'm not, you know, there's an assumption that, you know, once you find it, you found it. Like, that's, a, that's an evolution all the time and as an artist. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, you know, it's important. Like, that move from, from B-Boy, you know, I mean, fundamentally, like, you know, dance is about expression and rhythm. I mean, all the elements of hip hop, speak to rhythm and understanding yeah. rhythm and flow. And my cousin, I used to look up to him because they used to be in the back of the bus, him and this guy named Kenneth Hatton. My cousin's name is Leon Rogers, like him and Ken Hatton and Ken Hatton's little brother, Jawala, they used to always be in the back of the, well, Jawala was younger. He wasn't in high school with us, but like Ken and my cousin would always be in the back of the bus like saying the new rhyme that was out, like they was sing, like they was the first ones I heard doing Paul Revere. They were the first one like doing Run DMC routines on the back of the bus. But they they actually rhymed, like they wrote their own rhymes, but they was just like, it was kind of like letting other people know like, yeah, we the ones that's up on the music, like we know what's up. And so just me seeing them, that was kind of like seeping into my, seeping into me too, like, seeing them do them routines and and my cousin had like this secret spot he used to go to to get all the music like i he would never let me go with him he'd be like i'll be back and then two three hours later he just come back with all this music man like golly like that was like my entry to like um boot camp click wu-tang like my cousin was like he the first one put me on wu-tang like I was just like blown away. Like he was like my entryway to like, to the music. And he like now, he's still kind of involved with like radio. Cause he's like a radio personality on WGCI, the Destin legend, Leon Rogers. We was, we, we formed a crew, a rhyme crew called Cypher Rhyme and Elements. It was the core. And then he got into doing comedy. And then when he started doing comedy, he just, he just blew. He was, cause he, my cousin was like naturally for, I seen him like, make his teachers laugh where they changed his grade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, you can't, I can't take this home to my mother. 
I won't make it back here. Like, you, you want me to die? And the teacher just laughed and just changed his grade. Like, he was always funny. That's amazing, you know man. That's amazing. Yeah, so he got into comedy. And then so he started doing comedy more, which left me by myself. And then, which was cool. And then I just started, you know, finding my way to do hip hop. Mm -hmm. So to do, to do hip hop music. Well, yeah, my cousin is huge when it comes to my development and my ears and and hip hop huge huge to like he's like he was the source the plug for me mm -hmm. you know what i mean him being older and him being like knowledgeable about who the artist was he didn't want to put me on the dance hall he was the only dude on the south side of chicago i knew that was listening to dance hall and we not even caribbean descent but he was just and he was just ahead of his time with his with his palette of music palette for music just ahead of his time you know, so yeah, so yeah, I, I owe everything to my cousin, man, for real. And I, I mean, around me in the back of the bus, and like for for me, what what connected was just like the movement into into public space. So so you know, the evolution of, of hip hop for yourself, you know, being a space yeah. where it's yeah. primarily just you know writing writing and writing for your like for yourself. But then, what can you talk? What can you say about when you moved in? to being more public mm -hmm. about it. And so I also read that you used to drum on the CTA platform, the Chicago, the, the Chicago Transit Authority platforms. You used to, you used to drum and rap and, and yeah, part of sure how you got brought yeah. to the drum. Uh, yeah. Well, tell us, tell us how, you, how you came to the drum and then yeah. a bit about looking back on it, how you then went from the individual to the public space. Yeah, no doubt. I, well, I, my mom said when I was younger, I used to pull out pots and pans <laughs> and just and play on the pots and pans, like, you know, kind of like Justin Bieber. Like I seen like old footage of Justin Bieber, like he, his rhythm was off the chain when he was, a, when he was a baby. Like, so I don't think I was like at that level, but I was just like, my mom noticed that I was like playing on pots and pans and stuff. And then when she moved into another room, I would pick all of that stuff up, go to wherever she was and I would just keep playing. So I always had like a, a natural rhythm and I guess attraction to drums. And then when I got older, I played for my church, the church that me and my mother went to. And then when I started getting into hip hop, I remember I did a, uh, a talent show somewhere. And my mom came to the talent show and she's after the talent show, I was like, how you think I did? She's like, yeah, it was okay, but you just look like everybody else. Like you need to do something that's gonna set yourself apart from everybody else. And I was like, what you mean? And then, you know, my mother was just like throwing out ideas. Like, why don't you rhyme it? Yeah. I was like, rhyme it, rhyme. Like, you, like I'm trapped in a box and I'm rhyming. <laughs> like, that's corny. Then she's like, I don't know, like do theatrical poses when you rhyme. I was like, that's corny. And then she's like, I don't know. Like after I shut down like maybe four or five of her suggestions out of her frustration, she was just like, I don't know. You play the drums, play the drums and rhyme at the same time. And I was like, Okay, so I would practice on my lap, practice on my lap and stuff. And then I got an actual set and it was just like a natural, like a natural, you know, progression. And then I was able to like do it at a talent show at this, at UIC, I'll never forget. And I won first prize, you know what I'm saying? Cause it was something people had never seen before. Like a dude playing the drums and rhyming at the same time. And I'm in my rhyme, I'm saying I'm the black Phil Collins and I'm just flowing, I'm just going with it. You know what I'm saying? And so like, even with the crowd participation, playing mm -hmm. with them, letting them be the hi-hat, 
you know, so letting them be the snare with their hand claps. I, I love that. Play, I would just play the kick in a hi hat and let them clap. You know, just like crowd, but just having fun with it. You know what I'm saying? So, so that was it. And then I met my my brother GQ, um, GQ the teacher who rhyme on the trains. And um, me and him, we just hit it off, and we was just like, man, let's just go hit CTA platform because he had been doing it. He had been doing it for time like i've seen him make like 500 from like 9 a.m to 9 at night just riding on the train like doing his thing like he would just get on the train and just ride you know stomping on the floor clapping his hands and rhyming in patois and that's how he made his you know that's how he made his living so we just went on the platform and we we did our thing and we made we made a lot of money that day man police officers was coming dropping 20s in our bucket because they liked the fact that we was talking about stuff that was positive like we was like getting the crowd getting the crowd involved because you know like during rush hour because you got people going south going to the south side and then you got people going to the north side from downtown and so they was coming and going man and people was just like big crowds was forming around us and we was just doing our thing you know it was fun man it was, that was the most fun i had ever like doing those platform days like rhyming on the platform and it just prepared us for like for the stage you know what i'm saying like doing shows on the stage and things of that nature so it, it, it that that was amazing experience i want to do it again here i'm mm -hmm. in toronto because i see that in toronto they got the little spots where you could perform once i get up enough nerve and i finish i'm definitely gonna do it i'm definitely gonna do it it's fun. Okay, yeah, a little, a little refresh of the drum and yeah. the, dr the drum and rap. Yeah. You mentioned something specific about you know, you know, bringing positivity and speaking positivity into your your rhymes and yeah. you know, as you're sort of like developing and being you know, you're absorbing all these sort of different influences and styles and learning who you are uh, as it connects to music. Like, do you remember when you decided to go one way, like? Or the other, you know, if, if there are two ways in, in art, one is one is um, the commercial way, if that makes sense, and doing whatever sells, and the other way is is really holding to your values and what you believe art should be, or what you believe you, you know, connecting yourself authentically to your art. And you know, I mean, sometimes you got to do the commercial thing to make you know make some money. But but do you do you remember what do you remember at all what any conversations you were having about or any 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 that, like internal navigation that you're doing around that and how that how that's evolved yeah i mean um my mom is the first influence like i remember um i had wrote I, I wrote a rhyme and i left it on the kitchen counter and my mom saw it and she read it and when i came home from whatever i was doing i don't know i probably went to the park i don't know where i came in from whatever i was doing my mom was like, man, it sounds good. Like what you talking about is good, but like, why you gotta use so mm -hmm. much profanity and da, 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 da. And I was like, you don't understand. That's what you gotta do in hip hop. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's what you, that's what you have to do. And this is like around the time of NWA and, you know, gangster rap and, and, and things of that nature. And so I was like following suit with them. And my mom was like, nah, you don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can, you can use, it's a lot of words in the voc English vocabulary that you can use besides that to get your point across. And I was like, okay. And then I think KRS-One was always adamant about not signing or not allowing record labels to control and dictate your music. 
always have multiple streams of income. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, I read somewhere, I think it was in uh, Ruminations, in his book, Ruminations, where he said, don't rely on one source of income. Because if you rely on one source of income, which is rapping, then they, the those that's like the, the record owners and the record company owners can dictate to you what your sound is going to be. So you should always have multiple streams of income. You know, keep your nine to five job while you're doing music. It's nothing wrong with that. Go get your education while you're still pursuing music. It's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Because all of that is going to inform what you write and what you create. So between my mother, having conversations with my mother, and between having conversations with KRS-One, and then just the people I was listening to, like Bootcamp Click would say stuff like commercial rap, get the gun clap. Like they was like anti-commercial, you know what I'm saying? Like anytime somebody went pop a commercial, they was like kind of like ostracized from the, the, from, from, from the culture or people who was upholding the culture. So to me, it was always like, that was the path I was gonna go. Like, I just, I guess it was because I was informed by those I was listening to. Mm -hmm. I'm saying like Chuck D, KRS-One, Poor Righteous Teachers, Brand Nubians, they were all anti-commercial, you know what I'm saying? And they were always talking about social and political, um, you know, positions about like where we fit in as black people, you know what I'm saying? like. Cause that was always a thing for me. Like I was trying to figure out who I was. Like I was, yes, I was seeing brothers like dealing drugs and I was seeing dudes gang banging or whatever, but that was a short lifespan or you was gonna end up in jail. So I was like, yeah, that's not the route. I definitely don't want to go that route. I definitely don't want to go that route. And so I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't nothing wrong with being intelligent. And then plus I had those images always in my face of KRS-One poor righteous teachers, they always presented themselves in a way where they was like intelligent, like Chuck D, you know, De La Soul, the, these type of artists, like, it's like, I look at them as like black empowerment artists, just visually, you know what I mean? It seemed like they had a sense of understanding who they were. So that was the path that I wanted to go. I knew I didn't want to go commercial. I knew I wanted to, I, I always said, I'm gonna stay underground. Like I'm gonna stay underground. And it's not about money. It's about, to me, it's about the message. It's not about making money or, you know, using hip hop as a way to hustle, to get money. And that's that's never been me. And even my, like my close friends, like my, my business partner right now, we often clash, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to that. Cause he's like, he's he has an entrepreneurial mindset. So he always like, how do we generate money? How do we generate money? But my thing is like, if we do the music the right way, we don't have to chase the money. The money is gonna come, mm. you know what I'm saying? So that that's always been my position. That's always been my position. You know, they've, they've stood the test of time. Yeah. Gra grounded in their in their values and their principles. And, and, you know, looking back on the decades that they've been here and you know? being those beacons, you know, for, you know, for artists that are coming up against that, you know, decision of, you yeah. know, how do I, how do I pursue this art? You know how do I stay true? Uh, it's pretty amazing, and and also I think it connects to your your later work and, and not later, but your your work, you know, your community work, and then later in your in your scholarship and, and how you came to, to education. So yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Before we get a bit into the art, I, I and I wanted to, I want to drop a, a line by KRS uh, and get your, your your thoughts on it just to elaborate a bit more. Rap is something you do 
hip hop is something you live. Why is that an important statement for hip hop? It's because um, hip means to know or become aware, and hop means to move or spring up, to move into action. So the more we become conscious and the more we become aware, the, way, the more we move into change, like to create change, motivated to create change. So hip hop, rap is something that you just, you can do. Like any and everybody can be a rapper. I feel like even in today, it's oversaturated. Like everybody wants to rhyme or everybody wants to rap. But how many people are really living out like the hip hop culture and the principles of hip hop? Like. Like uh, I remember RZA said, I forget what document, I think this was in, um, uh, man, I forget the name of that, that, that movie. But RZA was like, hip hop is what, hip hop is how you eat, sleep, drink, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Use the bathroom, make love, like it's everything, you know what I'm saying? So everything is informed by hip hop, hip hop culture. Uh, so like, to me, it's like, it's, 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 Hip hop is not just something, rap is not just something I'm doing, but it's a part of a overall hip hop culture. And to me, the mission statement for hip hop is love, peace, unity, and having fun. And if it don't fit into that criteria, if you're not, and I think those are good principles to live by, love, peace, unity, and having fun. So, you know, rap is just something you can do, but hip hop is about culture. And I always say too, like, for these artists, like it shouldn't be about one or a few people making, getting money and becoming wealthy, but it's about the whole community that they come from elevating to. And that's what hip hop is about. And so that's what I think the lived part of hip hop is about. It's not about individuals becoming rich and wealthy, but it's about the community as a whole being elevated and creating generational wealth. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So that's to me, that's, that's the lived out um, version of hip hop, in my opinion, and that's that's what I'm striving for. Hip hop and and the music is is you, I can never I can never ignore the message behind music, whether it's mm -hmm. top forty or whether it's you know some of the artists that you mentioned or yeah, 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 any sure. other, any any of the artists that I grew up listening to, like you know Chuck D and Zach De La Rocha and all of these sort of you know I mean you know to do that in our world, yeah, that is quite heavily dominated by individualism and by, mm -hmm. by well, capitalism and, yeah. you know, just getting more and kind of, you know, whether it's getting more and leading the community or, yeah. you know, the ability to look at the greater good and to also mm -hmm. see your connection to it. I mean, it just speaks to the power of hip hop as, you know, it's not just one thing, as you yeah. say, it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's everything. So yeah. um, I want to get into your, your artist alias, Ayamasa. Okay. Ayamasa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you? Uh, well, what did you go? Did you go by anything before? Yeah, man, I had some whack names. <laughs> you don't have to. Hey, <laughs> no, nah, I tell you, hey, I ain't got nothing to hide, bro. So yeah, I mean, t tell me, tell. I mean, yeah, let's let's get into that a bit. And, yeah. You know, maybe share a bit of what you know what they meant to you, and and then yeah. tell me about where Ayamasa Nara comes from. Um, sure. how, how it represents you as, a, as an MC, as an artist. Um, yeah. No doubt. So it, it, I, my first name, I think, was Stealth, the Triple Gooseneck Bomber, because my mom had bought me this Triple Goose, <laughs> this triple gooseneck coat, and it had, like, the, the cheap fake fur around the collar. It was, like, black. <laughs> and it, had, it said Triple Gooseneck. 
on the on the on the uh, on the sleeve. I was like, yo, that's dope, triple gooseneck. And I always wanted to be like, I like, I was, I had an infatuation with planes. Mm-hmm. Like I always liked like Top Guns, like one of my favorite movies. So I always liked like stealth and I like learned about stealth. It was like, oh, they go behind enemy lines undetected and drop bombs. I'm like, yeah. that's, what, that's me. Like I want to drop knowledge, drop bombs on my people undetected by the oppressor, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, I'm stealth the triple gooseneck bomber. <laughs> so that, I was like, you know I love it. But then I went from that to Vibe, Vivid, Young, Black, and that. Cause I was always like around that time when I came up with Vibe, V-Y-B-E, Vivid, Young, Black, and Educated. Mm. Cause I was always into acronyms like KRS-One's knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. So I was like, man, I like that Vibe, Vivid, Young, Black, and Educated. And then I went from that to being mystery because Cash used to always be like, man, you like move like mysteriously, like you show up and then you just disappear the same way you show up. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be mystery. And so it was my style. Uh, what was it? My style, what was it? My style through eternal rhyme and intellect, right? M-Y-S-T-E-R-I, my style through eternal rhyme and intellect. So it was mystery. And then from there, I remember like just moving and shaking like I did, like. My mom, sometimes my mother thought I was like selling drugs or doing something. She thought I was like doing on drugs or selling drugs the way I was moving in the street, but I was chasing hip hop. Like wherever they had an open mic, I was there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I was just like moving in the streets like that. Wherever hip hop took me, that's where I was going. And so uh, when I guess one of my friends was like looking for me, was called, this was way before cell phones, I guess, and calling my mom's house. And I wasn't there. This is the age of pagers, I guess. Right. So, and I ain't had one of them. You know what I'm saying? So he so he called him out, he blowing up my house. So I finally was there one day and he called. He's like, man, bro, I'm gonna try to get up with you for a minute, Joe. Like, you know, Chicago, we call people Joe. Like, Joe, man, I'm trying to get up with you for a minute, Joe. I was like, yeah, man, I just been, you know, doing my thing. He's like, man, I'm about to start calling you Ayamas, man. I'm like, Ayamas. I was like, what do that mean? He's like, man. I'm on my own shit. You be on your own shit. Oh, like, shit. You be on your own shit. And I was like, oh, man, I'm taking that. So then, you know, it was IOMOS. And I was like, I-O-M-O-S. I was like, I can have that? He's like, yeah, that's you. So I changed I changed my name to that. And then from there, I had a conversation with a friend on the train. He had just converted to Islam. And we was just building. He gave me this book. And around this time, I was listening to Midnight Marauders, and I just liked that name, Marauders, like the Midnight Marauders, that Tribe Called Quest album. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, Joe, I was like, man. I was like, yeah, I, I, I like that name. And so he gave me this book, and it was like the 99 Attributes of Allah. And in that book, it had Marad, but it was spelled M-A-R-A-D, not M-A-R-A-U-D. So I was like, yeah, I'm taking that. So I was like, I am Mirad. And then, you know, the conversation, that was around the time I had that conversation with my mother about like, you know, using profanity in my rhymes. So then I changed the S to style. So I'm on my own style, you know what I'm saying? And then a big brother to me named Akbar. Um, Akbar is the one who gave who gave me the acronym to IAMAS. And he was like, infinite options manifest in one solution. Multiple abstract rhymes always directing. Cause he's like, dude, you always trying to direct people. Like when you when you rhyming, like you always like 
you like a teacher, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, I'm taking that. And so that's how I became I Amas Mariah. That was the evolution. And it just stuck. It just stuck. And people call me Io for short. They call me Moss. Some people call me Mariah. It's it's just dope. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, I'm keeping that. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I came up with I Amas, I Amas Mariah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um and so yeah, I guess like, you know, evolving a bit as an artist, like from that time you heard Jungle Brothers and Black is Black, like how do you feel that you've evolved your craft? How do you feel that like looking back on it, you know, looking back mm -hmm. on, on, on the, the drumming, how everything came together, like how how has that evolved your craft as, as an MC? I mean, what you know, what can you say about just about that evolution. Yeah, just, I, I would say just, you know, like to, I guess, like, I just want to make sure I'm clear, like, like, you mean like the evolution of like my rhyme style and how I like rhyme and how yeah. I like, yeah, like yeah. My growth in it. Yeah, I, I think I feel like I'm still growing, man. Like um, evolution and what are we evolving into? That really stood out to me when he said that, I was like, yeah. So I just feel like I'm still growing, man. Like I'm a lifelong learner when it comes to everything, but especially MCing. Cause you hear a new dude and like, man, that dude fresh. Like I just got introduced to a new dude just a couple days ago. I'm like, man, this dude is cold. So now I'm studying him. Like I study from everybody. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? From the Nasus to the Pasta News, from De La Soul to uh, Pharaoh Munch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Pharaoh is just like his range is ridiculous, man. To most deaf, to Talib Kweli, to any new dude like you know, uh, what's the young boy name now that's doing J, J. Cole, mm. Kendrick Lamar, and um, what's another young boy I like, man? Um, I mean, even Drake, like Drake's cadence and the way Drake is like calm in the pocket, you know what I'm saying? Confident. And the way he delivers his rhymes, like Cardinal Africhelle, it's another one. I'm, I just, I'm just a student of the game, man. So I'm still learning. Um, I'm still, I'm still learning. I call everybody my teacher. You know, every, every, everybody I can learn from. Even like when in my involvement with students, when we was like working on songs and stuff, it's stuff I took from them. You know what I mean? How they, they their writing approaches or writing process. I love hearing about artists rhy rhyming processes, like how they come up, the process of writing a rhyme. You know what I mean? Like I got those books, How to Rap, volume one, two, and three, where they talk about cadences and I got stuff highlighted in there. I'm just a student, man. It's like a basketball, it's like Kobe, studying, the, studying his craft, like basketball, like Kobe is a student of the game. He became a master, but even in a even as a master, he still was a student of the game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like that's how I feel about MCing and about like the craft of hip hop. Like I'm still just a student of the game. I'm still learning. And like I feel like KRS, man, I'll probably be doing this till I'm 60, 65, 70, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah. you know just get just get better than just get better than you were the day before right exactly that's what it's about and that's what it's about yeah i just had a conversation with my brother akbar you know um rest in peace to my brother um parker lee 
you know, they was a part of a duo in Chicago, Mental Giants, but they originally from the Bronx. And I had a conversation with Akbar not too long ago, maybe like two, three weeks ago. And he was just telling me like, man, keep, he was encouraging me, man, like keep doing what you're doing. And you know, like always be better, you know, he said, for me, what I do is I try to always outdo my last round. Just like you said, get better the next day. He chasing, he like, I'm not competing with nobody. I'm competing with myself. And I just, it was just freeing just to hear him say that. Like somebody that I look up to and to hear him say that, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm on too then. So, and that's an ever going, that's an ongoing process. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. You know, you've already mentioned, like, we've already talked a bit about like, where a potential starting point can be in terms of just thinking about how to approach it. But, like, what what would you say to anyone right now that's like, I'm super interested in riding, but I don't know if I can do it? Man, I would say, look, what I did was I looked at the person that I liked the most and I studied them. Like Q-Tip. Well, when I first started writing my rhymes, all my rhymes sounded like Q-Tip. And my, I tried to get my voice, my voice wasn't like Q-Tip, but like his cadence, like I would take his cadence and his pauses and stuff. And so he was like my, he was like my stencil, I guess, like for me to like learn. And then I start growing into my own voice. So I would say start with somebody that you, if you want to listen to rhyme, if you want to rhyme, or if you want to be an MC or a rapper, like listen to somebody that you like and then try to mimic what they do. You know, and I would say, like, I, I'm going to tell you the same blueprint that Akbar told me when I first started out. Read, build your vocabulary. You know what I'm saying? Read and just keep writing. Read, write, read, write, read, write, read, write, and study. Like, I used to go to concerts while other people was like fanfare, you know, phones out. I mean, I used to sit in the corner of the, of the spot. I remember going to the House of Blues go and see KRS-One. And I bought a, uh, I bought like a flip notebook and a pencil. And I was just taking notes on what he was doing. Like how he dressed. I paid attention to how he dressed and what he did and how many songs it took him before he took his coat off. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, I was studying all that. Yeah, like he, how he commanded the crowd. What did he say? What did he do? How he held his mic? like. I went from studying how Black Thought hold his mic to KRS holding his mic to finding my own medium in between them two. You know what I'm saying? Just just a student. I'm just, so just study. Like, if Drake is your favorite rapper, study him. And then try to, like, and try to take it to another level. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That was part one of my three-part conversation with Marcus Singleton, a.k.a. Ayamas Marad. What did I tell you? He's a gem. Look out for the next episode where we dig into his music catalog and Ayamas will tell us which tracks are the most meaningful for him. I'm sure all you aspiring MCs and songwriters will also be interested in hearing how he's developed his craft, all of the different aliases he's worked with, and what it means to be a conscious hip-hop artist. Look out for the accompanying playlist to that episode, too. You don't want to sleep on this one. Until then, this is Marco Demovich, a.k.a. Vika Demo, and you've been listening to a Hearthouse Hip Hop Education Takeover of Stories from the Heart. Peace. <laughs>